What if we got on Google Earth and zoomed out a little bit? <laughs> zoomed out a little bit more. Mm. Well, when you come to something that's round, I mean, that's pretty obvious. It's right there, it's the Earth. Actually, it's an oval. But uh, has anyone ever heard of the term fractal? What a fractal is? No. Oh, oh, Mr. Fred's got yeah. it. Yeah, he's the, he's the resident mathematician, uh, PhD. A fractal, let me read the common definition, not necessarily Webster's definition, is a rough or fragmented geometric shape that can be uh, split into parts, each of which is reduced, which is a reduced size copy of the whole. So, perfect example. Everybody turn and look at that back door back there. Now, I spy a rectangle. <laughs> Where exactly do we have rectangles there? All over. The door itself. The window pane. Uh, you said the entire frame. It determines what exactly is uh, uh, the definition of the rectangle I'm looking for. Back in around 1925, uh, a guy by the name of Benoit, make sure I get his name right, Mandelbrot, uh, was a unique character. He was born in Warsaw, Poland. So you knew what was soon to come in the 30s. Germany was going to rise to power, persecute Jews, which he was, and as a result, he and his, or his family and he fled to France. Many, many did. In France, he was uh, put in some of the, the best schools that were there, and what he began to find out was that his mind and the way that it computed mathematics was a little bit different than most people. Now, you guys seen, uh, you know, certain pictures where, or certain objects, just like that door, where you're, automatically your, your brain grabs a hold of, you know, three of the, the same kind, four of the same kind. You begin to see patterns over and over and over again. This guy had a unique brain because he was able to not just pick out simple patterns, rectangles, squares, and uh, circles, but he could pick out complex patterns, extremely, right off the top of his mind. What was even more ingenious about it, he began to excel with the ability to put a mathematical equation to it. Now, long story short, this guy survives uh, being captured by Germans uh, during the rise of Germany. Eventually, uh, graduates from a, a college there in France, moves to uh, the U.S. Now, you know, usually you get a, a, a college degree and you're expected, to, let's go find a really good job. I got the, the pedigree, came from a, an astute college with a rich history and background and legacy. I should be able to find a job anywhere. What he began to find is that he was a little bit of an oddball. He would contend with the, the resident uh, uh, engineers or whoever it was that was responsible for designing a project because he just thought a little bit differently. Uh, IBM, I think around 1952, began to assemble a team. Now back then, and some of you may be able to help me with this, back then IBM in 52 was a lot like the Microsoft of the mid to late 90s. They were the innovative market movers designing an infrastructure or an object that would revolutionize the world. IBM was looking for young, brilliant mathematicians, really a lot of different sciences, but to bring together these young minds to develop this new thing called a computer. And when they got these guys together and began to design these things, 
this guy, uh, uh, Benoit, began to see the possibilities of putting into the computer computations that he was never able to do before. Now, Benoit was the, the originator of the term fractals, but the idea of it went much further back. The difference in uh, Benoit and the guys that preceded him is that they didn't have computers. But just so happened, this one guy who was a, a, a Jewish man fleeing uh, uh, Hitler and the Nazi regime, survived, moved to America, and just so happened to get put on the team that's going to design the very element to help him do a, a certain kind of computation. Now, without going to too much math and bore you guys to death, basically what this guy compiled was what they called a looping equation. So within the equation, you have a result, you take that result and you loop it back into itself. Well, what it eventually begins to do is that you have a plot. Everybody know what an x-y axis is? Raise your hand if you do. x-y axis. Here's x, here's y. Horizontal, vertical. If I go three out this way, three up this way, they intersect and that's called a point. Well, from this looping equation, he began to have these intersecting points. So, Let's take a really good example here. Everybody see these tiles? Yeah. Do you see order to them? Yeah. Besides the grids, I mean like an individual tile. All right. There's some sort of an order, but not order of uh, just a shape, but I'm talking about a unique pattern that your eye can immediately pick up. No, I mean, it, it it's, can be there, it's yeah. a possibility, but it's hard. Well, what this guy began to find is that as he did this looping equation, these plots were coming up, these points, just like you see points here on a ceiling tile. But then they began to make distinctive shapes, very distinctive shapes. And it began to get them to wonder is finally there's a connection between math and design, or really math and art. Whenever you guys meet somebody, and granted, you don't do it intentionally, but what your eye is trained to do is to really look for asymmetrical objects or something that's out of place. One of the biggest examples is like when Austin Powers, there's a guy with a big mole, and Austin just keeps on looking at it, looking at it, volley, 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 volley. Well, that, that's absolutely human nature. So it's not right to say that to the guy, but it's human nature to focus on that abnormality because something about us begins to want to find this perfect sym symmetrical item. Well, when we look at this, what do you see? You see chaos, you see confusion. What would it take, uh, granted, we're going back to a little bit of math here. What would it take to find out the surface area of this time? What, would, what math equation would you use? Mr. Fred, help us out. Length times width to find the surface area of this tip, this, uh, this square here. Now, that's giving some ideal situations. We're talking about complete surface area. Well, what if I zoom in a little bit? Is that gonna look a lot like, on a smaller scale, the Rocky Mountains? No. So am I really measuring true surface area? No. no, there's ridges, there's valleys, there's distances within that that are not a 100% smooth surface. No matter what state you go to, there will always be some level of roughness. So, what method do I have to measure the true uh, surface area of that, of that deal? That's something that mathematicians have not been able to do for 
you know, thousands of years. They could only really guesstimate. Uh, Lindsay, you're involved in topography, right? Is that how you say it? I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys go and you look from a, a, a 3D view, right? Uh, and, and an aerial view of the, the geometric shape of the earth and how deep certain substances are. The very element of how you guys are able to do that it goes all the way back to this Benoit guy with a computer. And what he began to find out was that it's not a random pattern. It's not chaos. What is seemingly chaos to us, all of a sudden, there's not just order, like one, two, three, four. There is an orchestrated, beautiful, intelligent, and here's the most important part, intentional order that speaks a message. We're going to dive off a little bit of that a little bit more. Now, let's go through some history here and speed things up. This guy, Benoit, began to work with certain shapes. And one of them was uh, a guy who actually he studied under in Paris. That's not it. There it is. And as you'll see, it starts off with a typical red square, and it begins to duplicate itself within itself. So you have a general object, big, big red triangle. Sorry, I said square. Then you put the same shape that it is into itself. And what begins to happen? You get more and more of a, a, a finite and complex pattern. Does everybody see that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're not doing drugs here, so we'll let y'all know. Checking on LSD. So what, what began to happen? He used that shape, and one of the, the fundamental elements of that was what they call, I think, a Coke uh, <coughs> snowflake. C is K-O-C-H. And this was a guy who took a snowflake, right? Now, when snow falls from the sky, does it fall as an individual molecule flake? No, they're clustered together, right? They're these clumps. What do you begin to find out? You zoom in on this one molecule, or I mean, the one, one snow crystal, and it's comprised of identical shaped crystals within itself. Hmm. You zoom into that one, it's identical shaped wow. crystals of itself. You begin to go further and further, just like you're looking at, or was looking at that, that uh, the triangle. Further and further into it, you're finding the same repeating pattern all to an infinite degree. Space is not limited by great, greater dimension or by smaller dimension. To put that in mathematical terms, how far to the left and how far to the right of a decimal can you go? Infinite. So the same thing as relational in space. Space can go as far as it wants to and it can get as small as it wants to. Let me, let me tell you, God is not limited by places to the left or to the right of a decimal point. And what this guy discovered was mathematically proving that exact point. Let me go something here. Now this is going to go back into the, the Bible at one point. We're going to build a case here. So, I, I really don't have it. Can I draw some paper and hold it up to you guys? Okay. He wrote a book um, I forget the name, but it's Fractals, the Study of uh, Shapes in Nature, I think is what it was. Well, in 1992, a guy who worked at Boeing um, began to try to figure out how to uh, display images of planes that they, they were modeling and selling to their customers and put a really cool graphic or background behind it without spending, you know, I don't know, 50 or 60 Gs to fly it up there and have another... Uh, uh, airplane come and take a picture of it. So he's like, man, you know, I, I think there's got to be a way to do this on a computer. 
So everyone sees, has seen a mountain range from, let's say, a sun is setting behind it, right? And you see the silhouette of a mountain range. So something like that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What he did, he took that exact line, that pattern, assigned certain plots. Remember the xy axis? Certain plots. Plugged it into Benoit's <coughs> formula, into, the, into his computer, and let it what we call now render. What he immediately found was something to this degree on a computer that was generated. It began to fill in using this repeating pattern over and over again fill in all the voids that you see here in the silhouette because there was a predictable and rhythmic pattern in the silhouette and based on its exact position it would it would lay out a certain way so you guys have seen the early video games or even the early computer graphics it seems rather rough to us now but you you know at that point in time it was it was uh, you know foundational was groundbreaking all of a sudden, from a computer, you could render something that was never, it would take hours and hours somebody to do by hand. Well, consequently, this guy left Boeing in 1992 and went to work for what we know as Lucas Arts. And he was one of the key or instrumental people in helping develop all the graphics you see that come from Star Wars. Phenomenal. By the way, that was Jewish. <laughs> Wow. Uh, 1996. Uh, everybody got a cell phone. Pull them out. Hold them up. Show them to them. All right, that's that's a cell phone that you have today, right? Tell me some of the things that it can do. Get online. Interconnectivity. Okay, way back in, well, a little bit after Duke's a hazard. I'm sorry, somebody say drop calls? Yes. <laughs> way back in the day on cop cars, how many antennas did cop cars have? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, at least. I mean, it, it, it looked like a Mardi Gras float. And then some of the early cell phones that came out were about, you know, like, you know, ring, hello. They were huge. And their, their antennas, I mean, they look like the military style where they stuck up about four feet above the phone. Yeah. Well, that was, that was essentially, that antenna was built for one frequency. Uh, some of you, get, some of you uh, more Asian and refined guys, remember the, the ham operators? And you knew a ham operator because one, you never saw him, and two, he had a huge antenna on top of his house. Right. Well, the antenna was, was designed for a specific frequency or range of frequencies, but it was very limited. Well, what would begin to happen in the, in the uh, mid-90s that you have the digital era, the digital breakthrough. And what, what, what they were struggling with was, how do I get this cell phone to pick up Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, yeah. this frequency, that frequency, and go on and on and on? Get this. One guy, who's a ham radio operator, was having some problems with his homeowners association. Y'all can't relate to that. <laughs> and it wasn't garbage cans. <laughs> well, he went back and saw this Coke, uh, K-O-C-H, uh, snowflake. You can all see that? That's a poorly designed triangle. And he said, let me apply Benoit's theory to this, and let's make a triangle in here, 
And essentially, you remove the bottom half or the, the third. You do it here. And let's do it right here, too. I don't know about you, but what does that look like? Star of David. Star of David. Hmm, coincidence. Oh, by the way, this guy was a Jew. So, he said, Homeowners Association is getting on to me about my antenna sticking up. What can I do? Well, I need to make a smaller antenna. So, I'm going to take my antenna and bend it. And bend it to this pattern. So he did. I just want to try and see what happens. Great, God bless you. I'm glad, glad you're not discovering uh, you know, radiology or anything like that, like Marie Curie. So he does this, and lo and behold, he's able to capture over 100 different frequencies in addition to what he used to. Wow. It blew his mind. He's like, okay, the car runs, and I've got to figure out how it started up. How did this thing work? Well, long story short, frequencies are, it's, a, it's a really a measurable form of energy, so therefore it has substance. It, it has depth and it has width and length. So, your guy's cell phones are now equipped with an antenna that was based off of what this guy had. And depending on the distance of the frequency, it finds itself within this pattern and then communicates with the CPU inside. So, um, Shortest distance between two points is? Straight line. Straight line. What's the longest distance between two points? Straight line. Long, longest distance between two points? An infinite, An infinite number of possibilities. You can go as far left as you want, and then when you're done, come all the way far as you want right. Well, that's infinitely in both directions. So what they did, they took this design and did it again and again, just like you saw with that, that triangle, until the point where it gave the equivalent length of a huge antenna. Your small intestines are what, like five miles long? <laughs> isn't, isn't that right? Yeah. Sometimes it feels like two feet. <laughs> but it's around like, you know, five, it's a huge distance. <laughs> Sorry, I had to interject some bowel movements here. So, <laughs> so you're able to, in a small, relatively small amount of, of area, compact a, a long channeled substance. Well, it's no different than what they did with the antenna. You open up your cell phone right now, and you'll find a, a, a pad that has basically, you keep doing this upon itself, a shape just like it. And what did it do for the entire industry? It revolutionized it. And what they're beginning to find is that these things call fractals. You just basically take that principle and keep doing it over and over and over. Because nothing is, is uh, limited in space and size, great or small, you can keep going over and over and over again. And what you begin to find is these fractals are everywhere. Everywhere. David was telling me, uh, no, Red, I'm going to ask him to show proof. But there's a, a device that can basically lay cells down one on top of they, another? Yeah, they found a way to use a printer to actually lay cells and them together. And they found that like a small cell that would form uh, like a bladder. Yes. They can actually print out in take a very long time to sequencing it together the very small cell becomes the large bladder. And you actually pull one out so there's a bladder we've created. Boy, I'm pretty soon they have a vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> Two kidneys, please. <laughs> Drop in 50 grand. Uh, everybody turn to Hebrews chapter 10. 
this is where it gets really cool. Answer me this. Has man ever created anything? No. What has he done? Discovered what is already there. We give Nobel Prizes and great rewards. And granted, they, they're very much due at times because it's a historical moment. You know, dynamite was truly dynamite. It revolutionized the way we live. Electricity, you name it. But these guys, compared to God, are just discoverers. They were playing in the dirt and found a rock mm -hmm. on accident. Penicillin is a great example. Most of us are alive today because of it. All right, Hebrews 10, verse 1. Somebody could read for me. You have an open mic, so everybody can hear you. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeatedly, repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For their worshipers would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. Those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins, because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Okay, let's stop right there. We'll read verse 1 again. The law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, not realities themselves. Who has a complete Jewish Bible? Um, Mr. Steve, you can read that verse over again. For the Torah has in it a shadow of the good things to come, but not the actual manifestation of the originals. Wow. The actual manifestation of the, the originals. originals. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm smelling a fractal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices, repeated... What? I'm sorry, what's the next word? Endlessly. Endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. So it sounds like to me, God instituted a pattern to follow so it would ingrain in them when they saw the original thing, it would make sense. Let's go to another one. 1 Corinthians 2. Now, i got to give credit where credit's due. Praise God for the History Channel. Because last night I was watching it. And when I saw this, they began to explain this. It, it began to click. All the puzzle pieces fell together. For years, we studied what shadows and types were, like we just read. It's like shadow and type, shadow and type. You know, I'm here, I'm casting a shadow, and one's a reality, one's not. Well, putting it, tying that principle, what we've done for years in the Word, the Passover lamb and everything else, I'm now seeing on a universal scale this, and for those of you computer geeks, this is God's HTML. <laughs> this is God's code. We've cracked the code. It's no longer a chaotic mess of events. We're going to bring it down home in a little bit soon. All right. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Somebody else can read. We do, however, seek the message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden that and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, stop right there. Mm. Now, the saying is, 
the New Testament lies in the Older Testament concealed. Flop it over. The Older Testament lies in the New Testament revealed. So basically one is a secret decoder of the other. What you have is men explaining the details of God's mystery that are documented in the Older Testament of how he embedded his code. So, first of all, it's a it's a message unto the what? Starts with M mature. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Make, make that too complicated. It's a message to the mature. So these are people who, when somebody's mature, they're fully grown, they're they're seasoned in a certain topic, or you know, very well versed in it. So then if I say uh, know well, the first thing that comes to your mind is Sorry, not a very good example. If I say black, you say white. Okay. If I say brown, you say green. There's really no answer. <laughs> but there's a fractal in that somewhere. <laughs> well, that's pretty gross. <laughs> All right. Who who is reading? John. 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 Wow. All right. Keep on reading, John. However, as it is written, no eyes has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Okay, let's halt. Alto. No mind has seen, no ears heard what God's prepared for those that love Him. Sometimes do you feel like God's plan is so much more grander, and really the point I'm trying to make is out of your grasp and sight than you can ever imagine. Yeah. It's like, and let's bring it down to a personal level. God, I don't know why all these problems are happening to me. What, you know, what is going on with my life? You begin to boo-hoo, you begin to sob. Everything seems like an absolute miserable failure and nothing is going anywhere. You can't see any progress. But somewhere deep down inside, you know God's will is going to be done. You just don't know how. And sometimes even when you do know, think you know how, it begins to play out, but it doesn't take the exact route that you thought. So, biggest thing, don't stop here. Don't just say, well, you know, no eyes seen, no ears heard. Nobody can understand fractals. We don't have a computer. God kept it hidden for a long time for a reason. But, start right there, verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Exactly. So in essence, I'm going to bring it down to uh, Matt Piero's terms. The Spirit is my computer. What it would take for a normal man to do Benoit's equations was thousands and thousands of not only hours and pens, but paper. There's an infinite number. You just keep thinking. Uh, equation that results in 3, okay? It comes back around and now it's uh, 14. Come back around, now it's 27, and it keeps going on and on and on. It's an infinite number. It keeps going deeper and deeper and further and wider. Sometimes when you read the Word, you can feel that exact same way. Man, where do I start? Where do I begin? Or, you know, let's bring it back to the personal events level. I don't know what God's called me to be. What am I going to do? I'll never get to that end, end goal. But his what searches all things? Even the deep things of God. So nothing is out of your grasp. You just have to submit and yield to what his spirit is trying to show you. 
Quit using your pattern. Quit using your equation. Find out what his is and let him do the computations for you. Trust me, man, I'm old school. I'll do math on by hand, but there are some numbers I do have to use a, a computer or calculator for. If I try to do it myself, I'm sure I can, but it'd take me 800 times as long. Use the spirit that he's given in you. Don't use your own brain. It's not worth anything. <laughs> Colossians 1. Verse 15. Nicholas, read for us. <laughs> 15. You said 15, right? Yes. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Stop right there. You all see it now? Yeah. As we're talking about science and fractals and these endless possibilities. Fred, this book was written around what time? Colossians? <laughs> I, let's say prior to uh, 100 AD. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere around that time. 62, 63. 62, 63. So roughly what we're looking about, oh, 1990 years, something like that, maybe? Yeah. That's close. A lot, a long time has, has this thing was written from, from our distance. Did they know about subatomic particles? No. Quarks? No. Or even sub beyond that? No. But they knew, they, you, could, you could tell in their writings, they knew there was more out there, but there wasn't yet the release of the Windows Update, <laughs> the release <laughs> of the technology to access it. But they knew it was there. Yeah. When you look up at the stars in the sky, doesn't that just naturally make you go, oh, yeah. how awesome. Yeah. And to be able to venture out and go to one of those places, I mean, it's just every, every little boy's dream, and even little girls too. They can be astronauts. So let's read this again. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Remember recently, our, our first scripture we read, Hebrews 10. It's a... It's a reality. You have types and shadows. Types and shadows. When we went to, we saw that triangle fractal, you have He is the image of the invisible God. He's the representation. He is the original fractal of who God is. For by Him all things were created. All things. You got a big old bright highlighter. Hit that word. All things were created by him. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, bosses, all things were created by him and ultimately for him. Does, did it put your name there? No, mine's not there. For Matt, nope. <coughs> Everything was created by him and for him. When something bad is happening to you, 
that's eventually going to be worked out for him. Your responsibility is to stay in him. Yeah. Something good that's happened to you. Let's focus on that. It's by him and ultimately for him. Rejoice in it. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. I had a little bit of like three hours of college in my past. <laughs> and one of the coolest subjects was for me in, uh, was chemistry. And we just touched on what they call quantum physics. And it's basically the orbital paths of electrons. And everybody's seen the atomic symbol, right? You know, you have the proton, you have the neutron, you have the electron going around. And ultimately what they found out that nobody can really give an exact address, is basically what it would be, to where an electron is. It's kind of, it's in this area. And we just know that it works. And it has these properties and they interact together. But they really can't put their finger on it. But when I was taking those classes, I wasn't baffled. My relationship with Jesus was never challenged because I understood from this verse, you can tell me all you want. By him and through him, all things hold together. That electron functions because Jesus is Lord. That <laughs> yeah. won't necessarily get you an A on the test, <laughs> but it's true. That won't work in your class, will it? Okay. All right, let's go to John 1. Matthew, Mark, Jesus, John. There. Yeah. All right. <coughs> Mr. Bob, would you read verse 1 and verse 2? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Yeah, yeah keep going on three. That's good. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that was that has been made. In Him was life, <coughs> that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. But the darkness has not understood it. Once again, here's another scripture that totally, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a broad... <laughs> I thought I had to point you out. Funny. Um, so once again, you have a verse that's making a very general statement, but the fundamental element, the original fractal is true. He is the image of the invisible God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. We all know that, right? But through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has not been made. Your life, the very fact that you breathe on a daily basis, 24-7, He makes that. He's the source of your life. Every single minute, He's the source. How many times does things kind of catch you by surprise when either yourself or a family member, a tragedy happens. And your first inclination is, oh, how could God let this happen? I mean, the, the thought runs through your mind, at least. Sure. Wasn't, why wasn't God in control? Sure. Take a look around you. You fly on a plane. One of the most breathtaking things that can happen when you fly on a plane, it's a clear day, you can see the, a huge city. The first time I did that, born again, I remember looking down at a large city and go, how in the world do you keep up? 
<laughs> there is so much taming life. So many people's, not just the, the sheer fact they need to be fed, clothed, sheltered, the, the fundamentals of living, but what they feel, what they think, how they're spiritually doing. They, the devil's trying to the devil. The devil is trying to rob something from them. He is so far beyond what our minds alone can grasp. That's why we need the Spirit. That's why we gotta be in tune with what he's doing. Let me show y'all some pictures. I don't like to read, I like to do pictures. this. Oh, and it takes his spirit to understand this thing. Yeah, I don't get that close Now, here's an example of a fractal. Y'all see the overall image, right? Yeah. And then y'all see within itself the same image. Yeah. You see these little veins coming off? Yes. Let's zoom in. <laughs> 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 the same image. Now this is on the edge of that fractal. Can y'all begin to see how the same pattern is repeating, repeating? But at first, if I were to remove a lot of these colors and just put plots up there, it can seem rather mm, chaotic. But as you begin to lay these out and connect the dots, you see that there's order and there's structure. Let's zoom in a little bit more. Every single bit of this is mathematics. None of it is artistic. But yet, it is. Remember like we mentioned earlier, what your eye begins to see is symmetry. It looks for God's design. One really cool technology that's starting to emerge is, um, you guys in the medical field might appreciate this, is uh, ultrasound, which we all know, uh, used to study tumors, mm -hmm. uh, cancerous tumors. And one of the key things you look for in a tumor to determine whether it's malignant or benign initially is blood flow. If it's receiving and sending blood, then it's, it's alive and it's thriving and growing. So the preemptive strike to cancer is to catch it before those blood vessels grow and creep into it. Because that's when it will get life and grow. So forever scientists have, have had the mindset, and rightly so, we need a bigger microscope. If these micro vessels are beginning to grow, we need to be able to see them and find them. So, you know, electron microscopes and super electron microscopes and Hubble telescopes and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Things began to, to exponentially grow in the ability to zoom closer and closer and closer. I'm trying to zoom in on this. Again and again and again. It, it dawned on the guy that he could use Benoit's equation and what seems like a random web of veins and arteries and all kind of stuff define a unique pattern. And he did. For a certain area of the body and an organ, he did it. And it was a unique pattern. The way that he finds cancerous tumors, get this, is something that does not have the structure that God put in place. It, it is truly chaotic. There's no pattern at all to it. Every single cancer structure is irregular and does not follow the God-given pattern for the veins and vessels. Wow. So no longer do they have to zoom, 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 zoom on in. 
But now step back and see the big picture. Does this fall within God's design? They won't say that. They'll say, well, natural selection has determined blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Natural selection does not have intent. Beauty is intent. Design, functionality is intent. Adaptation is a result of environment. But natural selection cannot have intent because it takes a being to have intent. Let's zoom in a little bit more. And again. And again. And this is, as you get me back up, this is a part of the leg that's on here, right? Yeah. You zoom into that leg. Then zoom into another portion of that leg. Then deeper into that, uh, to the fractal that's in the, the very center here. <laughs> and there it is again. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. Look familiar? Yeah. And there it is all over again. And again. And again. Starts all over again. Now, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I recognize a good picture, a good artwork, sometimes at first it seems chaotic, but for some reason your mind is telling you that this is pretty. Now, I mean, the, the graphics, the colors, and everything else, I mean, that's, uh, that's beautiful, but this is so symmetrical that my brain just goes, oh, this is peaceable. There's order, there's structure. Uh, let's bring this to a totally different realm, one that we're all very ignorant of, movies. <laughs> Do you ever see a repeating pattern when you watch AMC, American Movie Classics, kind of <laughs> Over and over again, these older movies, a theme, a plot. You read the, the Iliad, uh, or you read some other type of uh, you know, older writings, and you see the same theme over and over again, hope of a hero, Coming to save those that are locked in desperation or slavery? Sounds familiar to me. Let's go to Genesis. Anybody guess what chapter? One. Whoa, watch out now. Verse 26. I'll read this out. Then God said, let us make man in our image. God's the original. And guess what he just did? He made a little him. He made a little fractal. His name was Adam. Not Ainsworth. Adam, how would you call him? Adam God? I don't know. Let's, let's make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. There's something unique we begin to find. Is that when you read the Bible, you, go to, uh, you study at any length of time, you'll notice what they call a double funnel effect. Or basically like an hourglass effect. When you... For your teachers, when you write a, an essay, 
use the same principle. You start very general, narrow down to your thesis, and expand out and have a conclusion. So, actually, not necessarily in that concise detail, the word's the same way. You have maybe three chapters that deal with the creation of the universe and the world, <laughs> and then it comes right down to a man and slows down and comes to a unique focal point whose name is Yeshua. And then from that point, explodes and goes back out into more of a, a general revelation at the end. God, the, the word is not the go-to all to understand everything about the universe and other planets and aliens and everything else. The Bible is a story of God's interaction and plan with man. That's what it focuses on. So let's keep reading. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. What started out, if I could turn your attention here to this graph. Everyone who's ever visited our church for the first time loves this. So do I. Let's look at that funnel effect, right? Yeah, one man. Increase the number. Boom, 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 boom. Comes to Noah. What happens to Noah's day? God wipes out everybody that was wicked, starts anew with one man. Now start to see a pattern. No. Boom, 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 boom. Increase the number, increase the number, increase the number. Um, on a much smaller scale, not say the whole earth, but you come to Lamech, uh, uh, then Abraham, and he has a nephew named Lot. Lot chooses a pretty cool place. Wickedness abounds in that smaller area. We keep going, keep going. The earth populates, gets real huge. Blah, 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 blah. Then we come to David. Still through his line. Because the promises made that are uh, a root, uh, a branch of Jesse would uh, come up and stuff. Uh, keeps going. Then it begins to focus down into Jesus. That from Jesus and being in Jesus, he opens up the ability to be called sons of God through faith in him. Now, essentially, that pattern, having faith in Yahweh God, has always been there. That is the fundamental element of that, that portion of the fact. But what it began was once encompassed the whole universe. God created the whole universe, instituted his character, his plan, his design. His functionality, all of it. You have rebellion. Read in verse 2 of Genesis 1, something happened. The Spirit hovered over the waters of the deep. It's like God's starting anew here. Keeps going. You get down to the earth. Or you're still on the earth, but you have the earth. Then it begins to narrow down into Noah, a unique man. Everything's wiped out. starts globally again, but coming from, once again, like Adam, Noah out. The pattern you begin to see is universe, earth, nation, tribe, household, individual. Fractal, 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 again and again and again. And then it starts going the other way, like you're zooming out. It goes from an individual man that gets born again 
from listening to Peter preach. Spreads through his household, goes to his tribe, affects his nation, revolutionizes the world. Y'all see how that plan is there? Again and again and again. If ever you get a chance, go to Wikipedia, search fractals, look for the images, especially within nature. Now, granted, they're there in every facet of life that there is. But specifically in nature, because that's something that man did not design. Man, yeah, yeah the, the snowflake. Consequently, because we are made in God's images, what we do, what we seek, how we act, is an exact repetition of that fractal. When we act like God. Now, just like that cancerous tumor, when you begin to not act like God, it truly is chaos. It truly is random. And you find yourself getting outside of his pattern, his plan. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Brother Gabe, would you pray with us for us? Yes. Oh, wait, wait, one second. Uh, somebody could grab my, my wife. She's sick. Uh, anybody else here? Fighting sickness or as a member of their family? I love one. Come on down. You're the, you're the next contestant on the prayers, right? <clears throat> My mom's sick too. Okay. All right. Okay, would you pray over these people for us? Man, mighty God. Father, I just want to start off by thanking you for who you are, Lord. God, I thank you for the design that you have put on this earth, Lord. The design that is so perfect and so beautiful, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the people that are standing here, Lord, that are experiencing sickness within them, Jesus. Lord, we learn tonight that that sickness is it's a disease that is not unique to your plan, God. So I pray that you would put that unique design, Lord, inside of them, God. Repair what is not correct. And Lord God, just bring it to fulfillment, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the word that was brought forth tonight, Jesus. Lord, allow us to act like you so that we are looking like that fractal, God, so that it is beautiful, Jesus. Lord, keep us and then let us to enjoy this next week and be the examples that we need to be in our workplaces, in our homes, and the people that we come across with, Lord. We love you and we thank you for who you are. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We all have a blessed week, guys.